Discover the Dakota Lithium difference. Dakota Lithium is the leading manufacturer in lithium iron phosphate batteries for boating, RVs, golf carts, and electronics, all backed up by our legendary 11-year warranty. Here at Dakota Lithium, we take pride in manufacturing batteries to help you go further, last longer, and play harder. From the woods to the water, our goal is to help you live a life without limits, no matter where your passions may take you. Join the lithium revolution now. Use the code WAYPOINT3 for 10% off your next purchase at dakotalithium.com. Next Saturday, Christmas comes early. Welcome to this incredible scene. Bills. To the end zone. Chargers. It's a touchdown. An exclusive NFL game. This is fantastic. Live in primetime. Wow. Only on Peacock. With a Christmas gift to their fans. They're having some fun now. Bills versus Chargers. Next Saturday, 730 Eastern. Exclusively on Peacock. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Aggressively Average Angler podcast slash live stream slash, I don't know, circus show. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We've got uh, Brian from Punch Fishing joining us. Brian, how are you today, sir? Awesome, man. How are you doing? Doing very good. Happy to have you. Um, and before we get into the show on um, what is, um, you know, admittedly a very somber note, I know we're here to, to have a great time, but, you know, we have a lot of people tuned in right now from all across the country and uh we know we just had the Bassmaster classic down in knoxville but right down the road um there's a lot of people who are having uh you know undeniably the worst day of their lives right uh, with what happened in nashville and i just want to take a second to acknowledge that there's a lot of people having a tough time uh we hear you we see uh and while we are going to have a good time uh you know again there are some people having a you know a, a horrific time so we just want to acknowledge that um and just say we hear you we see uh um, and you know, you're in our thoughts. So with that though, uh, we'll get on with the show. Want to mention our sponsors, monster bass. Thank y'all very much. We do have, I have a garage full. I have like 26 rods from monster bass just got delivered. I, I cracked, I cracked one of the tubes open because it was like mangled. And I thought I, I was like, there were six rods in one tube and it was mangled. I opened it. They're all safe. So we got a full delivery, which Honestly, it's like 50%. If you get a rod in a rod tube and you see one that's like cracked, you're rocking 50%. So we got we got all of them. I can't wait to show them to you guys. I was kind of blown away. And I will say we got to talk to the rod designer because we are working on an ultralight rod with Monster Bass. We got to talk to the rod designer last week. We got to get him on the show. Uh, his knowledge, like just his innate knowledge of like these weird, but like very important and intricate details of rod building was unreal. Let me ask you this, and maybe Ryan, this is a good one for you. If someone were to tell you, where do you think a rod will break, uh, like on its own, not you smacking it or cracking it or something, where would you guess the vast majority, and it's like 60% or more of the time a rod breaks under load, where would you think it would break? I've broken them. I Well, it's where the, the stress is going on the fibers the most, which is probably down towards the bottom or the middle, is my guess, because I've broken them like right in here yep yeah, yeah on like a fast action or a medium fast right where it's, it's like really not the tip it's where because the tip is giving it's where the the fibers have the most load check this out and i wrong you're very close he goes we were talking about hook keepers and i was like i like the hook keeper above the reel because i'm a kayak fisherman so i'm sticking my rod and rod tube all the yeah, time yeah, i'm just yeah. ruining whatever baits there or i can't use it right and on a spinning rod you have a lot less options you can't just like sling it on the bait caster mm -hmm. he goes that's cool 
However, think about this. 70, I think it was like 60 or 70%, or no, it was 60% of rods that break will break when you have a, uh, a hook keeper that's attached on both sides. So it's like a U shape. He's like, mm -hmm. it's going to break there because you've, you've, at, you've bolstered it so much in one spot by having two heavy duty wraps right there. He's like, yeah. you're going to, that is where you have a very high probability of breaking. That's also rod. usually like the thickest part of the blink, too. 100%. But I, I was, he's like, so you can do one wrap and it's not really going to change anything because you've got single wraps all the way along the guides. So it's essentially an equivalent section, non-issue. But he's like, when you double wrap them, you have a much higher chance of breaking them. Is that why Loomis moved it down to the bottom? And that's <laughs> the probably, yes. I would guess yes. And I started looking at all my rods differently because of that. And he was like, He's like, if you go and buy a really high-end rod or like a more high-end rod, he's like, if they even have one, it'll be a single wrap below. And he's like, sometimes they won't even have them. Like the really high-end ones, they don't even put them on there. I, I smell, I don't know. Yeah. In, in theory, in theory, that makes sense. But in practice, exactly. I've never broken a rod anywhere near where the hook I, <laughs> I totally agree. But when he kind of went through and just explained it, I was like, this dude ha has more like intricate technical knowledge about you know, rod construction that I may ever have in my life. So I really want to get them on the show. I think it'd be really interesting. He also yeah, talked about sure. like, if you have a painted rod, like a colored rod, when they have to wrap it, he's mm -hmm. like, you're losing right off the bat, like 40% of the sensitivity. He's like, you do nothing else. Like yeah. you have trashed that rod sensitivity. That's why Abu Garcia, all their rods have bad sensitivity because they're all painted. I'm just so they got that. <laughs> I, I just, the, I was like, that is a, when I think about all the rods that I've seen that are cut, like, you know, have the full color. I'm like, I instantly totally changes like what that yeah. rod is designed for, the price point and everything else. Like all of a sudden, like things start falling into place a little bit. It was just, I don't know, it was really eye-opening. We talked to him for like 45 minutes and I felt like I got more information like loaded so, into my brain. My God. Sometimes you have to be careful because like the rod industry is weird because like they don't, they don't produce data on what it like sensitivity or sure. anything. So like a lot of companies go, Oh, we've increased the sensitivity by like X amount of percent, but there's literally yes. no data that backs it up. It's just marketing yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And like, um, and the, a lot of them like to say that they do testing on sensitivity with like instruments and all that stuff. But like, it, uh, I've heard that, that that doesn't actually happen. And like, even with like the big companies and like, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a very, when it comes to like rods and specs and like what you're getting for the money and all that kind of stuff, a lot of it is just hand wavy marketing stuff that is not, that has like no real data or like anything concrete behind it. It's and just... we, we <laughs> talked about that last week with Debo on reels. I was like, dude, let's talk marketing stuff like hyper smooth reel, like hyper speed reel or like super tuned, you know, this or that or whatever. It's like, yeah, honestly, until you get that until you get that reel in hand next to something that you are that you know about that you have a feel for, you'll never know. You'll never really know. But then you're gonna pay like seventy five bucks, for example, for something for something like that, right? A, a spool that weighs twenty percent less or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, there's also that thing where when you don't like, if you haven't really used stuff that is really high end or even yes. like mid range and 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 your 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 frame of reference is always moving right so like i always tell people like what's weird is if you get like a good reel or a good rod and you spend a little extra money and then like all of a sudden your 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 ceiling changes on like what 
your what you notice so like if you have i i actually made a video about this a, a couple of years ago and it did really well and i thought i kind of articulated it better but like when you start with like mid-range or low-end gear you're you're used to that you're, you're you're reading the information from the water on that setup so you're calibrated to that level and then when you step up all of a sudden things change you learn more things like you get that sensitivity and whatever you, you get more information and then as you process it and you go okay what am i feeling what is this oh it's grass oh it's rock or you know hard bottom soft bottom blah blah blah. so like it, it slowly starts to expand and it does, there is a ceiling to this for sure <laughs> and diminishing like, returns right yeah it definitely but what, what's interesting though is i've noticed like as i've you know played around with a lot of high-end gear i can go down to you know lower end gear and be perfectly fine like now that I've like I your brain learns the information that the equipment is giving you and yeah. then you just take what you've learned um, maybe with middle or higher end gear and I can go down and use like, a, you know, a lower end rod. I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing that much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> there's always these trade offs, right? Like they always say, like, you can you can have what is it you can have uh, uh, there's like three things. It's like uh, price sensitivity and strength no wait oh, i'm trying to remember this it's like yeah. weight sensitivity and strength but you can only pick two <laughs> yep exactly well because you're giving for one to get the other one right right so yeah strength that's for example saying, yeah yeah i don't think that's totally true because like when you go to a higher end like nrx or something like that you can beat the crap out of them and they're that's... like extremely light and really strong so i don't know i don't know if that old wife's tale really matters anymore but but I also would say like there is a meeting point with within all three of those things and every single setup in general like has a different the vortex like all the all, where all three of those things meet it's in a different spot on every single one. So like every time I get like a nicer rod or even just a different rod within like the same price point or value area all of a sudden you'd be like okay I am uh, I'm seeing where all, th where all three of these are meeting and like yeah. yes maybe I pay for like the lightest thing ever but it's actually so light that I'm I've lost sensitivity, right? Or some combination of those three. So I would totally agree. And I will say when I think of like the marketing mumbo jumbo on things that are like soft or like uh not like they're a little more obsequious obsequious. I think Ooh, of like that's, oh, a, I, that's a big word. I think of I think of bow hunting. They always talk about the wall. Like, oh, it's got a really long wall. I don't know if you ever bow hunted. It's like about like, because when you use a compound bow, there's like a place where you hold, but then you can actually go a little further, uh, which is not good necessarily, but it's like, they call it right. forgiveness. They'll call it forgiveness. It's more forgiving where you as the shooter don't have to be as skilled. Like, oh, it's really forgiving. Or like the wall's not as hard. And you it just means, <laughs> literally means nothing. But it right. sounds really good. And when you're holding, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, like it's a little softer back here. But you're like, you shouldn't be shooting from back there. But right. it's, you know, again, there's like all these like other things, like like the more comfortable grip, right? They'll 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 say like, well, you you're paying out 250 bucks for a grip. And you're like, what? The the highest end stuff it's straight carbon or it's straight wood and like that's it and that is not com yeah. comfortable like it's um I, I don't know i would agree i think it's uh you definitely uh, we're gonna get into this a little bit further 100 percent. i already like that we've we've off the rails on the rails which is good um so as you guys could tell we're gonna nerd out we're gonna talk some high-end spinning setups today got, we're gonna oh yeah I, I you already you already broke out some <laughs> of the problem something that's way outside of my experience range which i'm happy about um, we're going to talk high on reels. We're going to talk mostly spinning stuff. 
uh, we may we may get we, it depends on how far down the rabbit hole we go. But I've got some other topics for us too. Uh, as always, super chats are on. We love having you. We will be doing a giveaway at the end. And if we have more than 125 people join the show, that means tell your friends who are not on today to get on there. Uh, we'll do two giveaways, and I'll do one in the middle of the show as well. So our cue of the D, our fun question of the day, Brian, you're in Minnesota, right? Yes. So that means with this question, you're like an impartial judge, okay? Okay. Who who has the best style of pizza? Is it New York style, Chicago style, or is it, I don't even know if you know what this is, Detroit style pizza? Yeah, yeah, I know Detroit style. They're trying to market Detroit style up here. Oh, yeah, it's New York by a mile. Like By a mile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we not like the soupiness of the Chicago style? Uh, I... I, I'm not picky on pizza. They're all fine. Oh. I, the best, so the best deep dish I've had is uh, so I go to Chicago once in a while for work. Yeah, um, and yeah, I went to the the original um, Uno's, the old one, yeah. like in downtown Chicago. That's like this big. The hallway. Yeah, uh, that place had like out of all the Chicago deep dishes, that was the one I liked the best. Like it was really good. Can I tell you what I hate about Chicago style pizza? I like right. the taste. I love the idea. Just decadent, like the most decadent pizza you could have. And it's for sure it's soupy. buttery crust and it crunches. And it's great. But you yeah. know what sucks about it? Halfway through your first, we'll call it square, you <laughs> get you get the like there's so much salt in the sauce. Your, your yeah. mouth just gets shredded. Like I feel like I've eaten three bags of sunflower seeds when I'm like halfway yeah. through my first piece. And I don't like that. That's like not a good eating experience for me getting shredded. No, I think Chicago style pizza is just a treat once in a while, kind of. A I thing. would agree, but it's yeah. kind of nice when you get it. I love New York style. I like Detroit style, and we get it all the time because all the places around here have it. Like being in Michigan, oh, right? We we're, we have it in everywhere. Michigan, are you guys? So think Ann Arbor. Okay. West Got of it. Ann Arbor. So Jeff's like an hour west of Ann Arbor. I'm like thirty minutes west of Ann Arbor. So yeah, like I'm... right here on the middle. Okay. So we get. We get Detroit style. I have a Jets. I have the only sit-down Jets on planet Earth. You've probably never heard of Jets pizza, but you do no, have them. I have one down the street. There's I was going to say. Jets, yeah, there's literally a Jets pizza like two minutes from my house. I was like, you have a couple. So that's Detroit style pizza. And that's actually, yeah, I think, yeah. one of the better yeah. Detroit style pizzas that's out there. One of the better ones. Um, but Jets expensive. Like, they're, they, they, yeah. Like, where's like seven pizza places around my house and jets is probably the most expensive oh that's kind of surprising they are middle of the road here they're not cheap but they're not like they're not spendy um and but well we also have domino's uh is headquartered here and we also have little caesars is headquartered uh in detroit so we have like and jets is obviously headquartered here we're like kind of the pizza capital of the world now that may not be a good thing because we're not talking about the best pizza on planet earth but we got a lot of pizza in detroit and the detroit style is, is legit here um so if you I, got I would, if you guys are outside of Ann Arbor, so where do you, you guys are fishing the rivers a lot then, right? Here oh, on? yeah. Here on River all day. Main? Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, I have a, uh, my family. Hey, well, so my wife's family has a place called Lake St. Clair. So I go there all the time. Uh, the Canadian side, though. So we uh, are, we're a little bit handcuffed because they will not allow even catch and release until like May. It really uh, sucks. That hurts. It hurts a lot. Now, you can buy catch. It's not like the end of the world. But if they see you targeting bass, like you're in trouble interesting so you yeah. gotta you, it's like here we have a season in minnesota exactly so minnesota, like our bass is closed till basically around mother's day when it's the season opens yeah. but what's nice though is wisconsin changed their laws a couple of years ago and i live uh i live about 45 minutes from wisconsin and i sure. have a camper over in wisconsin so like 
as soon as the ice is out, I'm in Wisconsin. No way. Right away. Yeah. So I I fish a lot in Northwest Wisconsin. So like, have you I'm, ever fished Mal- part time Wisconsinite? Have you ever fished Mille Lacs? Oh yeah, it's like it's about an hour twenty minutes north of my house. That one's closer to you. I was uh, I had the the great fortune to fish Mille Lacs with somebody who knew it last mm-hmm. year in May. Uh, okay. Do was it May or was it June? Might have been June. Um, it was awesome. I had I bet I. Beat them up pretty good, man. And I'm not like a bed fisherman. I like don't ever bed fish for largies or smallies. And I was catching mu- like multiple four and five pounders. We had two days. I was in a ten foot kayak that I'd never been in, uh, and absolutely slapped them. And it was Malax was. I mean, again, yeah, we're I'm spoiled. Sure. We have a lot of great smallmouth water here, rivers and lakes. Malax right. is legit though. It's not another. It's really really well, good. Yeah, Malax isn't okay. So Malax is interesting. It's not what it used to be. Sure. <laughs> so so uh, Malax Malax has an amazing smallmouth fishery, giant yeah. fish. Like if you want to oh, catch, yeah. if you want a chance at four to six pound smallmouth in Minnesota, the Malax is the it's probably got the most population, um, but it is getting a lot of bass pressure. So like, yes. so I don't know if you know this, but like, so Malax has had pretty restrictive walleye. Malax has always been a walleye lake. Like 100%. It's, it's the it's like a walleye religion up here is yep. walleye fishing lakes. But they basically shut down they they they've shut down harvesting on walleyes for like the last five, 4 or 5 years. Yep. And so a lot of the walleye guys don't go there as much, but because of all the great bass fishing, you go to the ramp in the morning on Saturday and it's like <laughs> 80% bass boats. Yeah. It's just like bass boats everywhere. Yep. And and a lot of the same reefs and like good boulders and stuff kind of get pounded. You got to go out and find your own thing. Yep. Uh, and the fish are getting smart. Smarter. Yeah. Back in the day, you could go to Malax and have, you know, 50, 60, 70 fish days. And now you can go to Malax and literally not get a bite. Like you can it's hit gone. all the reefs, you can hit all the spots, you can catch maybe two some days. Oh my like, god! In the middle of the summer, because the fish get. That makes me feel so much better. No, it's a br- it's it can be brutal out there. People get so <laughs> like bummed when they go there and, and have a tough day. Well, because like, your expectations. Oh, because oh, there's giant fish in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my advice for Malax nowadays is pretty much early spring, late fall, skip it in the summer. Because <laughs> Malax gets an algae bloom. Uh, yeah. Middle of the summer, it gets the, so the water's super clear in the spring, they spawn. Then uh, when you get into like July, there's a good algae bloom and the water quality gets really, it gets um, green. And Funky. and the and the fish like are not as active, and that's when a lot of people go walleye. Like the walleye fishing gets good, but the smallmouth fishing kind of takes a dip. But then in the fall, when you get right up until the snow starts flying, it molasses can blow up again and, and get really good. The, the fish start schooling up, and like if you get yeah. on them, you can get on them. But like, yeah, go super early in the spring or right at the end of the season. But like middle of the season, you can have some brutal days out there. I have brutal days everywhere just because I'm not that good. But I'll tell you, man, that makes me feel a lot better because I, I mean, even with very limited and I mean, like almost I'm not going to say I've never done it, but I would almost had zero experience bed fishing and being in a kayak, even standing up like I'm three feet lower than someone on the deck right, of a bass yeah. boat. Right. And so my visibility is a quarter right of what of what someone who's on the deck of a boat is. I mean, there's guys like they're literally like you can't see that fish. I'm like, I I can't even see the bed. Forget <laughs> yeah. the fish. I can't yeah. see the bed. And they're like, and you got to drop. I mean, you got to drop your Ned rig or whatever you're using, right? You got to drop your bait in in front of the fish, probably within like a one foot circle. Like that's yeah. Your you got to drop it right on their head usually. Yeah. Smallmouth bed fishing is pretty 
it's too easy. I don't like doing it because it's like <laughs> I hate it. That's why I've never done it. Yeah, I don't. So out in Wisconsin, so I go fish a lot in, around like Hayward, Wisconsin, and and yes. those lakes are gin clear, and and people don't really pressure the smallmouth too much. And if you can catch the spawn on like there's about probably about 12, 13 lakes that if you catch the spawn, it's literally like uh you go out and you got your glasses and you can just see just beds, 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 beds. And you can like go up to them and I usually like if I'm gonna if I'm bed fishing smallmouth, I always use the same setup. I use uh just a, a net head and a a rage a white rage menace but i chew it down a little bit so it's real short right on the yeah, hook. yeah. just a white rage menace throw the white rage menace in their bed you see it vanish and you just and then you can <laughs> you can literally catch like you could you could catch 30 40 fish yes. in one one area but it's cheating because they don't like anything in their bed and then I don't know. It's kind of they like... are they're very, very mean. I will say this though. I caught more fish on a popper on docks than I did bed fishing. Oh yeah? Oh at Malax? Oh yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The dock fishing is a little overlooked on Malax. Most people go offshore to boulders. But yeah, if they're up shallow, you can you can catch them on docks and people don't really go dock fishing on Malax. The biggest smallie I caught on a trip was off a dock. And then I broke off on one that was even bigger. And I'm not gonna be like, it was a six pounder. It was a huge, a huge fish. Oh yeah, like, no, they're huge. My 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 PB smallmouth came out on uh, out of Malax. It was a six pounder in the spring on a Ned rig that I didn't. It, I caught it offshore. I was just working this one of my my usual waypoints and yep. dragging around a little little Ned rig and then thunk and I thought I had a giant walleye, but it was this <laughs> giant fat lazy. <laughs> but yeah, no, That's it's awesome. funny. Yeah, smallmouth dock fishing is kind of uh, overlooked. I think a lot of Big people associate oh, small ways for hand on docks, but they absolutely do. I think until you accidentally get one and then you accidentally catch like 10 on that day, you probably never would even think to do it. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like just There's in general. There's lakes in Minnesota where that plays like um, Lake Vermilion. So I don't know if you've heard. Oh, of Lake yeah. Vermilion. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Lake Vermilion has a lot of bass tournaments and a lot of guys pound docks for smallies and largemouth uh, in those tournaments. Like they know. Because you'll have like you'll have these islands out on yeah. vermilion that have houses on the islands and sure. then the, that island will have one dock <laughs> and so you go <laughs> to that one dock and under it you're probably getting bit by something getting slapped yeah that's cool man i love it all right let's talk so you, we already covered some of my stuff which is really great so we talked about like where you fish you do a lot of smallmouth fishing are yeah. you a hundred percent are you a hundred percent like a smallie guy or are no. you because i know you're running a bass boat um yeah i have a i have an old ski that's paid for which is all that matters uh yeah so i got an older skeeter that's in really good shape that uh i you know i got totally rigged out like with all the latest greatest stuff but it's yeah. you know it's, like, it's a 2002 but anyway um but yeah no i fish largemouth around like so i live around the twin cities in minnesota i i, I fish in a club so I'm, I'm in a bass league with my friend josh um, so I, I tournament fish on the week we have a week we have a weeknighter that we fish so like i fish largemouth around the cities during the week and then the weekends, I'm usually firing over to Wisconsin, and then I I I bring out I, like I I have like a loadout for largemouth in my boat, and then on Friday I take it out and I load out for smallmouth for the weekend, yep. <laughs> and then I shoot over to Wisconsin and goof around for smallies for so I kind of split half the week is you know usually metro area largies, and then yep. the weekends are I'm off in Wisconsin where there's like no boats at the ramp at seven in the morning and it's amazing. <laughs> so hard, dude. It's really hard to beat a spot that doesn't. That where you don't have to deal with people, not even pressure, honestly, just not dealing with people. It was like a 25 out of 10 for me. 
Well, like Northwest Wisconsin is mostly walleye and crappie fishermen. Yeah. Not a lot of yeah. that. Like, I'll, I'll encounter maybe, you know, less than five bass boats on a Saturday at some of these lakes where you go to like a Metro Minnesota Lake, like Minnetonka or something. And it's oh, like, God. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're on Minnetonka, you're going to be dealing with like yachts, like small yachts cruising too. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, a lot but, to deal with over there. It's fun because it's funny because like I'll, I'll get my butt kicked fishing largemouth during the week. Yeah. Like I'll go out, have not have great sessions because these metro lakes around me get get kind of hit pretty hard. Yeah. And, and I'll like go, it's okay. On Friday, I'm going to go back <laughs> to Wisconsin where I can get bit everywhere on anything. It's going to be okay. So like That's it's so funny. going out, going out to going out is like the slow yeah. <laughs> I love that. So um, you are, I would, my, my opinion of you for what it's <laughs> worth is you've got a really well, I would say well-rounded, but like you get it, you've got a lot of high-end gear that you have gotten yourself into, right? What got you being yeah, like, yeah. other than like that high-end gear is nice and we all like to use it, what got you into like JDM, high-end gear, uh, and some of the more, I mean, because it's like a, that is, it's niche It's like kind of niche And like where you kind of live with the type of gear that you use, there's not a lot of folks who would say like, look, I've, you know, most of my setups are 300 plus bucks just for the rod, right? And and not that that's like a yeah, bragging yeah. point, but like not a lot of guys, like myself personally, I've, I basically pigeonholed myself into like, I'd say the medium. Like I've probably right. used every single 150 to $200 bait caster, right? And I, I like living there. I, you know, sure you could go up, but right. like I like living there. So what got you into that like next level of being like, you know what? I'm going to get into the metaniums of the world. I'm going to be in the high in Shimano or the, you know, the whatever, right? What, what got you there? Uh, that's a good question. So like, uh, okay. So I've always been a gear nerd. Like I'm 42. I like when I started fishing, I was, I started fishing at 15. So like, that's when I got into like bass fishing. So like mm -hmm. I used to read the fisherman magazines and watch the VHS tapes. And like, <laughs> I used to go to like, there's a local ice uh, town called Shakopee in Minnesota. I used to like go to the local sports stop place, like the corner. But anyway, I was always obsessed with the gear side of things. Yeah. Um, and then I, as you know, I had kids and I kind of like put fishing on the back burner a little bit. And then once they got a little older, I got, I started, I bought another boat and I got back into it. And then like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like a wheeler and dealer. Like I love like trying to use gear and then I use it for a little bit and then I'll try to resell it. And then you like the, dick, you'd the art of the dicker. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of like a wheeler and dealer. Look, I'm always like a lot of my, like when I first started getting into like medium or higher end stuff, I was used. Like I was by, I was just sure. like trying to get really good deals and stuff. And then once you start collecting stuff, you start like, okay, I've used it for a little bit. Now this rod's worth 250 instead of the $100 rod I sold. Oh, I can yeah. sell two $250 rods and then go buy one uh -huh. $600 rod. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's like this like weird slow progression of like buying, selling, flipping, and moving up. It's like cars, right? Like if you, I was, if you buy it. Oh my God. Yeah. So like you buy and sell, you buy and sell, flip a few cars, then you can go to a, a nicer car and then you use that one another two or three bit. cheesy cars so, yeah. and then <laughs> so it was like this weird ladder that i started climbing up and like i don't have i'm not like rich or anything like i live in a pretty modest house in minnesota my truck i got a used truck i got an old boat i work in tech the rest of your money like, is in reels but yeah <laughs> well that's the thing it, so it turned into this weird self-fulfilling prophecy because like when i was what's that oh is he talking <laughs> yeah and shoes exactly oh, <laughs> We're getting so there. Like, we'll get to the shoes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Long story short, um, I got. I, I always wanted to like get more into like the the nicer stuff because like, okay, I'm one of these people who like I don't I fish recreationally. I 
a lot of time on the water. So if I'm going to go fishing, I want to like have stuff that like play with stuff that makes me happy. Like if I only have a couple hours of fish, like if I have a really sweet rod and reel, I'm going to have more fun not catching something than if I'm, you know, using like a budget setup. So I'm 100%. like, anyway, it tickles like a little part of my brain. It's like, Hey, if I'm not catching anything, at least I'm using some cool stuff and it's, yeah. you know, it's light, it's fun, you know, take cool pictures of it, whatever. So anyway, um, when, when I first started shopping for high-end gear, I was like starting to, I was like, I want to learn more about Mega Bass. I want to learn about more like high-end St. Croix or high-end Loomis. I started looking around on the internet and there's like no things other than just random forum posts. So there's like stuff on Bass Boat Central and there's stuff on Tackle, Tackle, um, Tackle Tour. Tackle Talk and yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, yeah. The, you know what I'm talking about. But it was like random forum posts and there wasn't that many Facebook groups at the time. And I'm like, so I started getting some of the gear and i'm like i i started shooting like little videos in my basement talking about the stuff i just bought because no one else was and that's kind of like how this whole thing started now fast forward a few years um i'm like i can get all this other high-end gear because of like the content i've been putting out so it's like yes the thing that's weird is the more i talk about and make content about like high-end gear the easier it is now for me to get more dude so true it is funny though because it's turned I into like a flywheel. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy because you will, and I, I would say the same thing. I mean, like I've only been doing this for like three and a half years. Uh, but if uh, two and a half years ago, me could see me now, I'd be like, right. how the fart? Like, no way. What? And I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, hey, look at me. It's, I'm not rich. It's just like, it does feed itself. And like, it becomes a little business. And if you know how to do taxes, you start realizing like, okay, I'm not making enough where I can like funnel this into my income and it's worth paying taxes. Right. You're like, I spend every penny or at least try to prove that I have somewhat spent every penny that I've earned through right. this. And what are you going to go spend it on? More fishing stuff so that you don't have to pay taxes on the money. I mean, that's like, the, I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. happens, right? And so all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe I wouldn't have spent all that money on a $6,000 kayak, but I had the money and I needed to spend it. And this right. is what I spent my extra, extra money on. So all of a sudden you're like, yeah. okay, now I have three kayaks and I have 15 bait casters. And you're like, okay, well, like, here we go. Like you're, you end up, it is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I think a lot of people would assume, and rightly so, I mean, it's kind of hard to, unless you're in the thing, but like, uh, that you just spend a lot of your excess money like just yeah. on fishing stuff. And that's not really what it no, is. It's, it's how it looks, but that's not really, yeah. you're not just like, okay, I got my paycheck. I paid my groceries. I paid so, my bills. And now I have an extra $3,000 that I will now go spend on. Like, that's not what this is. No, it never is. So like, I'll give you an example. Like I, I'm, you know, like there's certain shops. So like I'll post stuff, people are like, oh, what shop should I go buy this thing from? I'll be like, go to this shop. They'll hook you up. Then guess what? When I go to buy something from that shop, they're like, hey, thank you for sending all those people. You know, I've gotten some really incredible prices on things. <laughs> yeah. I've like pointed people to certain areas. And like, you know, Omnia treats me really well through my affiliate with them, which is great. You know, I, I get a lot of cool stuff from Omnia because I, I push Omnia and like I get, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I, for, I, push business their way then you know i get hooked up on certain things and then like you know it's just like you know if you can kind of bend your social media influence certain directions especially if you find weird little lanes like swim baits or little niches uh, yeah find a hundred dollar 
fishing reels. <laughs> right, right. You, you find a lane and you really push it hard and then you yeah. find companies or vendors or I, I've actually had way more success working with like tackle shops than brands. Like I'm really brand agnostic. I don't care about like I'm not the Dial a guy or a Mega Bass guy. I'm not like brands. Which is impressive because yeah, it's hard to get away from that these days. Well, a lot of the brands don't like me. St. Croix's not like, like, I'll give you an example. Like yeah. I went to the, so I talked a lot of crap about St. Croix uh, in some of my rod reviews. And then I was sure. at one of the sports shows. So like Minneapolis has this Northwest sports show. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I was walking by and Ryan Teach, who's like the product manager for St. Croix, he actually like flagged me down. He's like, come over here. He's like, yeah, I've seen your videos. I'm like, oh, the ones where I talk shit about you guys. He's like, yes. He's like, I like it. He's like, it's good to hear voices. And he's, he's like, we, yeah. we, some of the things that you've called us out on, we've been saying that we need to change for years. So like, it's weird. Cause like, you know, if you can, if you don't mind t saying the truth sometimes, or like, you know, oh yeah, maybe making people mad some, you know? It, oh yeah. Well, uh, the, and the, I think the, man, we're getting, we are off the rails, but I like it. Yeah. You will, you're no, this is great. You're a hundred, you're guaranteed. It, it's all uh, it's such a hard thing so when you go and you say anything on the internet i mean like literally anything it could be like the most you could just be like well i don't really like size 3000 reels You're like those i don't really use them that much right. <laughs> like you will get rocked and you'll and you'll only pay attention to a lot of the negative comments you'll be like dude i just don't really like big reel that's just gigantic for me i don't really need it and, right, and right. but and but then you don't really realize like 50 or 60% of the comments are like, yeah, me neither dog. <laughs> like, and, and, and it, but it is very much like oh. you, it, it, once you recognize that once you're on the internet saying stuff or even just expressing your opinions, you're guaranteed to make like a huge percent of people upset for no reason, mm -hmm. then just stop worrying about it and don't be intentionally rude. That's not helpful to anybody. But if you're being honest and you're being like pretty objective and you're like, Hey, look, I see this. This is my opinion, man. Uh, you're, Yes, yes, some people are going to get unreasonably upset, but yeah, you're going to get a lot of the other, the rest of the world too. So I love, I love G Loomis. Like I'm a big G Loomis fan. Sure. I'm a, I'm like, I'm Shocker. A, I love, yeah. But, <laughs> but G Loomis does not like me at all because oh. you know, when they, when they were going to release the NRX plus, so the new yes. version of the oh, NRX, yeah. I got leaked pictures for, of like what the NRX looked like, like the new hand design i yeah. got leaked pictures and i posted them on my instagram because i have no brand affiliation i'm not under any fishing you don't anything you just got it so i posted that and i got messaged by actual g loomis fishing pros saying what are you doing like you have to take that down i'm like why do i have to take it down i'm not yeah. i'm not on your pro staff or explain like, yeah but they were mad because i because g loomis is like got all these shops and everyone under NDA and like they can't release it until they do the press release. Like, you know, the, the fishing industry works in yeah. the old way oh, of press releases and too. media. And, and I made enemies at G Loomis because I leaked early pictures of their NRX plus stuff. They were not happy. I had pros yelling at me to take stuff down. I said, I basically told them all the fuck off. <laughs> so anyway, point is like, I don't, brands are knocking on my door to like, shock their stuff so hey you know what but uh, jeff and i talked about this a lot and this is the last thing we'll, we'll get we'll get to the rods i promise you guys yes jeff and i talk about this all the time we you, you as a content creator when you are treating this like a business you're like hey i would like to i'd like to turn this into a full-time job someday you end up being like okay well if i get a bunch of cash from working with brands that's great but then you start getting pigeonholed and you're like dude well now i can't do what i want to do and then all of a sudden you're like well then how do i make yeah. money if i can't talk about what i want to talk about but at the same time like how do and i want to go back to being brand agnostic 
then you're all of a sudden you're like, but then I'm not making any money. And you're like, and you fall into this like pendulum right. of like, I'm never going to work with a brand again. Well, and then like six months later, they're like, this brand is like that you like, I mean, right. You're like, Oh no, I like this brand. Like these yeah, are cool I, people. And then all of a sudden they're like, here's some money. If you want to work with us, you're like, I love working with people. And then a year later, you're like, I'm never working with another brand again. I, I didn't want to make G Loomis mad, but I also was like, Hey, it's my Instagram. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Like, I, the, the, man, the, the more they pushed, told me not to do it. I yeah. have this <laughs> phone in my body that says, Oh, I'm really not going to take this down. Now. I would, I would get the magnifying glass out and I'd be like, Hey, all, all friends of mine, uh, put these pictures out there like right. dude, i'm told i'm with you that's but, but thing. Also, i have the same trait like you know you got a day job i got a day job yeah. like i don't i don't need to like oh. make money yes. or living yeah. off of anything related to youtube or instagram or any of this stuff i just do it for fun like and put and, and like i make videos because I, I do public speaking and i do a lot of like presentation stuff for work so like yeah. making youtube videos is like um it's like running laps it's like a flexing a muscle for me or you know yeah. what i mean so like i don't being outside of everybody's influence is, I think, a a, a feature, not a bug. <laughs> the oh yeah, the the money side of things is nice, but not critical for some people, and it can get flipped. It certainly right. does. All right, so one of my all right before so first yeah, of all, I have gear. to call out. I have two things before we get to gear. Unfortunately, I have to <laughs> say, the burly AAA hype man is Paul's hero in real life. That's <laughs> he did. He changes his name every single week and i love it we love him for it he says hey oh what's happening nerds uh feel bad for you northern guys spring is banging in tennessee berkeley money badger uh in blaze is legit i would have to agree with you but i won't know anything about that for real for another month because it is the water is still uh we're at 37 degrees so at, at last check so it is what it is also we definitely broke 125 so that means we are doing the mid-show giveaway uh i'm gonna tell you guys right now I will put together a box of baits for y'all. Uh, so what we're going to do is, um, while we're talking about gear here in a second, for the next, like, we'll call it five minutes or so, uh, type something into chat. If you're watching the show right now live, type something into chat, and you will be entered to win. It's all you got to do. You'll see some people shortly just saying words like chat. Maybe in all caps, maybe not in all caps. Some other letters capitalized. They're all entered to win. If you've chatted something starting now, you're entered. Charles, we're going to run that in about five minutes. So, like, 841 for the uh for the awesome giveaway so we're gonna do that all right so let's talk gear one of my favorite things and what actually drew me to your channel brian mm -hmm. i love the process that i see you going through when you get a new piece of gear and you're doing like an evaluation i i can feel my the adhd part of me can see like the calculus happening and that you're like have this process you have to get like these certain pieces of information before you feel like you can even start to have an opinion like on a piece of gear. So my question for you is, you get the new, like, I don't know, the the new Megabass, whatever, Destroyer, I don't know, whatever. You get the new rod. And what what is your process when you open that package up? What do you immediately start doing to start forming an opinion of a rod that costs like in excess of like 350 bucks? Uh, does it make you happy? Is, a, is another one because like you sure. wanted to have joy yeah. when you open these things and play with them right like if a rod yeah. if your rod doesn't like out of the box go okay this is this is cool then you're probably you're not going to be maybe too like happy looks feel like yeah uh, all that kind of yeah. stuff well i mean obviously it's like the dumb stuff it's like weight is a big thing when you get in the high end because you're starting to talk fractions of ounces so like favorite pictures that you post are of rods on your scale that gives me so yeah. much satisfaction i can't it's a lot. It's you know, a problem. I don't know why. I love it. So, 
I do that because okay, what's funny is like I a friend, you know, Rich Linger in Hellabass, he works in logistics and they use like really high end scales. Yes. And 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 I use my little scale and I always put like <laughs> this. So when I say an official weight, it's actually a dig at people who like know this scale is like crap. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not 100%. really official. It's like this is like your food scale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like I, I use the term official weight as like a joke, which mm-hmm. I don't know if most people catch that, but like, um, but yeah, no, it's like weight fit finish is a big thing because like when you handle and touch a lot of rods, you kind of know like who's good at what, and then sure. fit finish balance. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't like doing like impressions on stuff until I get it out and use it. Like Probably what's funny is like, if I, if I make a rod review video, I've probably used that rod for months. Like I have, I, I have, so I've been so tempted to make a video on this Dobbins ecstasy rod that I picked up last fall. Yeah. I used it a bunch in the fall, but I don't feel like I'm gave it enough time. So like I could go make the video now on the review, but I haven't fished it in grass. Cause like when I got it in fall, the grass is all pretty much died off and I use it for like open water fishing. Yeah. So like, I feel like I can't quite do the video yet until I wait till the ice is out and the grass grows back and then I can flip grass with it and then I can make the video. So like, I, I like if I do end up doing some kind of like review, it's, I, I wait months and months yeah. and hours and hours of playing with the thing until I feel comfortable to like actually talking about it. Which is really hard because you get it and you know you're one of the first people that has it. And you're like, I want to post right. something about this, but I also know that I'm not going to post BS. And I find that, that to be a really hard. Well, the way you get around it is you're like, look, I just opened it. I don't, I've never fished it or I fished it once. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Here's what I'm seeing today. Um, you, you could you could find me in eight well, months. And that's what well, happens. Like you, yeah. I, need, I need the whole season. Yeah, that's the one thing I always bug me about when I was looking at other people's like, hey, Rod's Reels videos is it was always right when they get out of the box and then they go, I'm going to go use it and I'll come back and make another video. And then you look in their feed, they never make it. Never. Well, so they got that's true. And they don't glue it back. So that always drove me nuts. I was like, because I was like, there's a, a while back. I was like, oh, what is, I'm really curious about the NRX 893. So sure. I watched this video. This guy's like, hey, this is a great real rod. I threw spinnerbaits on it. It worked pretty good. And I was like the only video on it on all of YouTube. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, that did not help me make like an informed decision yes. on a person. And, so. and so, you know, though I've gotten around that because there are times where I forget or I'm like look the the video we I mean even posting two or three videos a week sometimes I can't get to it where I'm like okay like I can't I don't I can't do like a whole review on like one rod like I'm just not I'm not built for that like I will struggle and so what I end up doing is it's the year in review when we get to the end of the year and I'm like okay here's all the stuff I never got a chance to make like I did the six cents uh the team six rod I fished it for seven months and I fished it a lot actually and I did it I caught a lot of fish on that for me. Ultimately, if I don't catch like 20 plus fish on something, I don't feel comfortable, especially a reel. I'm not ready to even say anything. I'll be like, well, it's smooth. <laughs> what I, I mean, I don't yeah. know what else to say. Yeah. Like, it's as smooth as I thought and it's not broken. So it's heavy duty, I guess. I don't know what to say. Yeah. So, and by the time, but by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, okay, I don't have a video for this, but I need to, I want to circle back because I do want people to know like what right. I think about rod X or real Y or whatever. It's hard. It's really hard. It's a tough balance. You almost have to like, when you make the first video, your first impression or whatever, let's mm-hmm. say you do three rods, you almost have to do those exact three rods and be like, okay, I made this video. These are the three rods. Now you're going to get these through like on review and you almost have to schedule it. True. I'm way less, I'm way less, 
plan. I'm not a planner like you. I literally just make <laughs> videos whenever I feel like it. So like yeah. I'll sit around and go, maybe I should make that video. Okay. Or some days I'll be like, I don't really like making any videos today. Yeah. I'm very like, I have no schedule. I just make stuff when I feel motivated or I have time. And like, I, I probably should be more um, scheduled and like try to put something out every week. But... We're way too, dude, look at, you should look at our posting. It's like literally to the millisecond. We are, I'm, we yeah. have, we have a system and we live in the system, which there's not, there's no right oh, answer. 40,000 followers. Well, <laughs> that's, that's an answer. It's not the answer. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's just like buying high end gear or buying mid or buying low end gear. There's no right answer. You're right. If you do it, you're right. Like you do what's good for you. It's cool, man. Right. Like don't worry about it. So, all right, we're at the time. We're at the time. The people are here. Let's. Uh, Chas, can we can we run the giveaway? Can you tell me who the winner is? No, you are. You're. It's joke, you're joking. It's not Scott Vermonter. Oh my God, Scott Vermonter. Um. So Scott Vermonter wins a lot on the show. We have a running joke that everyone is Scott Vermonter because like he just keeps winning. Scott, I'm going to offer to you, you know the drill here, Scott. You've been around the block. You have the ability to take your winnings, take them home and be happy, or you can pay it forward. I'm not acknowledging that you have to do anything of the sort. Just let us know what you want to say. If, if, you're, if you're in it to win it and you want it, to say, hey, guys, thanks. I have your address, Scott. Okay, it's basically, I could get it tattooed on my forearm at this point. Uh, let us know what you're in for. Congratulations. We're going to do another giveaway at the end. So, you know, of the 125 plus that are here, go ahead and uh, stay here. My brother. Wait, did he? I'm I'm losing it. I have not seen Scott. We'll see what he says. Okay. So let me ask you. That a boy. Good man, Scott. All right. We're sending Scott Vermonter another box. Scott, I'm going to send you another hat. I got a freaking sweet fish lab hat I'm going to send you. In addition, you in addition to all the other stuff. I, it's a banger. It's one of my... I have two of them. That's why you're getting one. If I only had the one, you wouldn't get it. Um, all right. So we have, like, let me ask you this. In the last, if you had to pick a, if you had to pick like a hierarchy of like high end brands, right? So okay. you're looking at like right now, you're holding on to, let, let's do this. What is right now? Your viewers might be interested in this. Sorry. To, hit sorry me. No, no, go. So this is the exact combo that Gus, Gussie used to win the Bassmaster Classic. Yep. This so he had a Stella, the new Stella FK, and then he had the NRX 873, and I think he was even running 10 pound Power Pro. Oh, this isn't Power Pro, but anyway, yeah, this is the this is the classic winning rig that he was using to throw the um, Demiki rig. Explain setup. so explain the naming convention uh, for the NRX or oh, for just that brand in general. Oh yeah, so eight seven is um, inches. So uh, eighty seven, I think is it is it centimeters or inches? I don't know. It's the length. So like it, you know, this is a seven six. Oh no, seven three. God, I'm bad with numbers tonight. So yeah, seven three. <laughs> what's what's eighty seven out of seven foot three inches? Is that that's got to be so centimeters? Eighty seven divided by twelve is seven point two five. There you go. So um, yeah. So the two is a power, so it's medium. So two two in NRX is medium. Three is that is heavy. Four is that, heavy. That is one of the few naming systems that's like all numbers based that I yeah, actually more. like. Every other one sucks. I even though it's more intuitive, I still hate it. Um, that's the only one that I like. I hate all the other ones that are like yeah seven five seven five nine three or whatever. I'm always like I don't what like I I don't know. 
Yeah, I think actually NRX is or like Loomis is more confusing because it's not like an eight, like an eight seven D2 isn't an eight foot seven. An eight foot seven. Correct. Whereas all Dobbins is that if it's a seven three, seven thirty four. That's what it is. Seven three four power. Who does the naming convention is actually easier to figure out. I just like that. I like that. My son's being a jerk. Um, <laughs> it's bedtime. Bedtime is can be really good or can be really bad, as you probably know as a as a father. Um, yeah. and today my wife's dealing with the not so great, so I feel really bad. Um, yeah. I like the uh, TFOs. TFOs oh, are pretty easy. Or, yeah, I haven't used it. So, all right, sorry, I stepped in your question. Your question was the hierarchy. So yeah, like when you um mm. when you're looking at some like these high end, and you like first of all, just name out like. Real quick, if you're looking at high end spinning rods, right? If you were gonna, if you were, if you were sort of like a a person, you have the knowledge, but you had to go build your own setups again. Okay. What like three companies would you look at? You're like talking 250 plus. You're looking at a really high end spinning rod. You're looking for we'll just call it like a medium light, fast or extra fast. So the two spinning rods, I actually brought them up here on purpose because in case this question actually popped up. But- <laughs> The two the two spinning rods are in the Mount Rushmore of best high end spinning rods that you you have to try one of them in your life whether you just try one or both. I'm gonna write them down right now just so you know these yeah. are getting written down. So this is probably the goat medium spinning rod. And this is the eight. Um, this is the eight fifty two S NRX. So the eight fifty two S is probably like just the best medium power fast action spinning rod I ever made. So this is the new version. The old version is amazing. Um, yeah, so I would say A52S is like Mount Rushmore of spinning rods. Now, but uh, what's the retail on an NRX? I don't even remember. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, gonna, six, that's they what raise I, the price. But this rod is amazing. Like, it's so fun to use. Like, the A52S, it's like, if you're a shaky head, if you throw shaky heads, that is the best shaky head rod on earth. You will I never find, find this, shaky head rod. I find this interesting because a lot of people talk shaky head and they... They don't always mean the same thing. I mean, like the, some people some people no, talk shaky head and they're talking like one eighth ounce or like these really small weights. Some people are talking shaky head, they're like quarter ounce to half ounce, more like standard Texas rig weight. And I get to a place where I'm like, I don't necessarily know what that means for me. I love personally, I love shaky head fishing. I think it's like I would take a shaky head these days over almost anything else. Like it's one of my favorite ways to fish. I have two rods. One of them's a he- it's actually a heavy. And then the other one is like a medium light. So you would like the A52S because, so the A52S is, okay. So to me, shaky heads are either 316s or quarter. Like that's kind of the two weights I play in. Yeah, 316s quarter. But like, to me, the weight of the shaky head isn't so big of a deal. Cause like in Minnesota, we're always almost fishing grass. Like grass is king. You gotta find the grass. So yep. when, I'm, when I'm running a shaky head through grass uh, with the spinning tackle, you need power. And like the A52S has power in spades. So if you're in the grass, you're in coontail, you're in milfoil, you got that shaky head down there, bass picks it up and you crack them, like the, the A52S is getting them out, right? It's not, it, but also the A52S sensitivity is ridiculous. Um, extremely strong. Like you can, I've wrenched pike out of grass with this thing. You know what I mean? It's just it, 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 really good power, really, really light. You can fish it all day. And the uh, sensitivity is ridiculous. So it, also, it's an amazing single rod. Um, yeah. You can absolutely Ned rig with it. You can absolutely throw most te- like finesse jigs. Most almost any f- finesse technique can, you can do on an A52S. Like that's like, Re- Mount Rushmore of spinning rods. Retails for six fifty. 
Uh, and then we had a question. I think you may have actually answered it. The Burley says, please explain why it's better for shaky heads. My answer is there's this weird combination of sensitivity uh, and power and, wh and where the power comes from in the rod. I like to see it like not quite in the extra fast. It's got to right. be like one step back from like the, it's like a, re a true fast is what I like to see. But it should almost feel like, a, almost feels like a heavy rod. Almost. I really like having that power because you've got a lot more hook to deal yeah. with than you do with a Ned rig. It's also covered by plastic. And you gotta, then you got to jack them. You really, you really do. And I'll be honest with you, the sensitivity on it too, it comes from more bottom contact with a shaky head than with like even a Ned rig. Cause sometimes I'll swim a Ned rig or I'll let it float or be on slack line. I don't do that with much with a shaky head. So the shaky head on the A52S, you can throw it in the grass and you can feel when panfish are hitting it. Cause in your, when you're in the grass with a shaky head, bluebills are just nibbling at it. Like, yes. You can tell the difference when the panfish are nibbling it or when it's picked up and off the bottom and a bass yeah. hat. Like you can tell exactly when that happens when with like a nice high end. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. can. So the second rod is the one that Gussie was using. And if you talk with most deep water fishermen, they will mostly have like most of, especially all the Shimano guys, they always have these eight uh, 72s. So this is basically the same rod as the 852S. It's just got a much more whippy tip. So it's like, it's, they just added a couple inches, made a softer tip. This rod is, if you fish deep water, if you're fishing um, even heavy deep drop shots, if you're dragging uh, finesse jigs, this is an amazing paddle tail swim bait. So if you're fishing paddle tail swim baits in anything deeper than 12 feet, like you can go down sure. three feet in this thing. It, it's amazing. And also- I have anxiety going further than 20 feet so many times <laughs> out of, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Also, this is an incredible Nico rig rod. So if you fish Nico rigs oh. in grass, this rod is the rod for fishing Nico worms in docks, grass, shallow, deep. Anywhere you're throwing a Nico rig, the 872S is an incredible Nico rig rod. Because you don't need necessarily that, that hook set power on a Nico that you need with a shaky head. Yep. So this is, gives you that softer tip to just kind of do a lift set. You know what I mean? Yes. Just kind of lift up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is an amazing smallmouth stick. Like I use this thing all the time for paddle tails, like spark sheds. I'm throwing on this, um, you know, finesse jigs. Uh, you so can like three thirty two or higher weight. A uh, quarter, quarter. This can can go up to. Um, you can go three ace, to maybe oh. half. Quarter is its sweet spot. Like I'm okay. fishing quarter ounce uh, paddle tail swim bait with jig heads down in yep. rocks in like 20 yep. feet 30 feet of water with this thing and it's it's you can feel everything so that makes way more sense because like my mind says like to miki on that one big time uh but that makes a lot more sense now so Maybe. i'm assuming you're running are you running straight floral no 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 always always braid yeah braid, yeah braid every day braid to a leader braid to a leader yep yeah okay let's see my, you know what all my spinning setups have the same 10 pound. I, I throw a lot of Daiwa J braid grand. That's kind of my favorite. Is that I try a lot one? of braids? What's that? Is that the gold one? What the, color is the box? What's that? Uh, red. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I throw a lot of Daiwa J braid grand. That's kind of my favorite. I just started uh, messing. Oh, go ahead. I just start. What strand? Is that the eight strand or the four? It's an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So it's, it's comparable to Super Slick V2. It's, yes. a, it's a nice eight, eight carrier. Super it's, a nice little noise, 
So the J-Braid Grand is a little noisier than some of the other eight carrier braids, like coming through the guides, but uh -huh. it casts further. Super so like, good. It's not as limp as uh, Super Slick V2. It's a little a little stiffer, which makes it cast further. So I want that extra. I'll take that a little extra casting distance with the little noise. That doesn't bother me. It's the right balance, though. So the J-Braid, that eight strand, I bought the three different levels that they have, and I or the two that I messed with out of the three. And I actually, for suit for ultralight, which has like become like one of my favorite ways to fish, I love the four strand because okay. it's ethereal. There's nothing to it. It is the smallest, thinnest, most non-existent thing. And as long as your rod is loading really well, it casts so, so well. And the sensitivity is insane. And as long as you have a high viz, you get a lot of bites that you may still not feel, but you can see every one of them. It's so it's yeah. a really great i love that line on like a 132 164 like really small You're right. really like ultra true ultralight the eight strand is pretty much my go-to and i have that in the their 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 neon green is really weird but i've come to like it it's like a really like green green it's not a lot of yellow in it um but yeah the cool. eight and the ten are like my go-to's I've kind of gone backwards on the high vis line. I pretty much always just run green. I don't. I, the high vis thing doesn't it doesn't no. matter to me. I don't think like everyone's like, oh, you can see the bites. And I was like, I have no problem seeing green line. Like I don't know why everyone can't see their green line. Like <laughs> why do you think right ass yellow line? You know what I mean? It, I, might I not, it might be something to do with being so close to the water though, because yeah. I don't have a lot of line that's exposed. And I do a lot of wet waiting, and that's where I find to, that's where I actually find that I have the best advantage is when I'm wet waiting is when I really want that like yellow or bright bright green where it's like there's high contrast because again there's not like a I've only got like four feet maybe five feet of line out of the water depending on like the angle at a time sometimes maybe three feet and so I really like having that I'm also that that four strand when it's that small I do really I like having the high vis I do oh yeah no I I I it, it's totally personal preference. I would it's, agree. I, I caught plenty of fish with the high vis. I caught plenty of fish with the regular. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you want to do. I fish a lot of really clear water in Wisconsin, and I'm just Same. like, well, I really want bright yellow line down on a rock pile or smallmouth or like in a big pack. It's such a good point. It's such a good point because even with fluoro, like you can't go, you can't have that long of a leader unless it's really long. Like my longest, right, you right. know, it's like a 22 foot spy bait leader. Sure, sure, sure. But like you're not right. gonna have that on most of your setups. You're just gonna be banging into your guides the whole time, which you don't want to do. So it's like you're right. It is such a good point that you are doing a trade-off. And my all my medium heavies, like which I don't use that much on spinning gear, they're all they're all bright, like dark green. I have almost on a bait caster, I don't think I have a single one on high vis. Not a single one. Right. So is it's kind of like a it is such a freaking stupid thing. I should just like <laughs> give up. I like that a lot. That's pretty that's good. All right. I so know. I have I try to I'm a, I'm I try to keep things a little as, as simple as possible with like you know not getting too creative with the line colors and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, it's green, green or green or black is fine. I messed with white. I'm gonna be messing with white all season. It's like my I cannot wait. I'm white? gonna oh dude. like like spider wire white. The, no, I've never used spider wire as long as I live. I probably just made somebody mad, but I can't do it. It's not for me. This stuff's way too stiff. But there's not a lot of brands that make uh low weight like four pound white um but i got some four pound white 
I got some two pound white and I got, that's not ice fishing line. And I got okay. some six and some eight. And so I'm going to be messing with that all season Ooh, on really? pretty much all my favorite setups. I'm just going to be messing around with it. I cannot okay. wait to like, I cannot wait to have an informed opinion. That's just really the only thing that I care about is having an informed opinion on white versus like the hive is yellow, green, orange, and then ultimately, you know, moss green. Cause like I, that's where I, I I've been nerdy on that for like two years now. Um, all right. Here's a question. Yes. I will do that. Um, so we have, God, we're already in an hour. This is insane. We have not been on the rails this whole time. This is great. I, now you have to come back because now you have to have Jeff and then we'll maybe stay on the rails for like five more seconds. Um, here we go. So this is a question. Look, look, we went through your top two high end mm. rods and they both just happen to be the NRX plus. Yes. If you had to, if you had to pick a no budget spinning reel, like any amount of money, what would what do you think is your favorite today? Uh, okay. If you had to buy one spinning reel, and just one, you but you just but you need it to be super reliable. And I want a really good. I need it. It's going to be my only. I'm going to retire. It's my retirement gift to myself. Easiest question in the world. What? The easy, the regular old everyday Stratic. Like really amazing. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, you got to, you know, Stella or Stella. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty hard on some spinning reels, especially in the winter when we fish. You cannot kill a Stratic <laughs> FL or F. Like this is the, like the Stratic FK or the FL. The, I think yeah. what's the newest version one? I think it's the FL. But anyway, I had a lot, bunch of the old Stracks and then the new, this is the FL, the current one. These things are a these things are tanks. Like you cannot, you can treat these and you can th treat them really bad, dirt, mud, sand, cold, whatever conditions you throw at these things, they yep. will not let you down. Like these things are just work horses. Like I, I will always profess just regular everyday Stratics, take them in any situation, they will perform. Like that's don't not super high end. That's not super expensive. Well, okay, I take it back. It's not cheap. It's two hundred bucks, right? Two forty, whatever, depending on which version you get. Two hundred bucks. I I personally have a couple of reels that fall in that category, which is surprising. So that was actually, I think it was between the Stratic and the Zada were the two that I was looking at to like test. I wanted to see if a metal framed spinning setup made any difference at all, like in my estimation of like catching fish in general. I'm still undecided. I'm pretty undecided. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe uh, yeah. I'm just like. I mean, you're the little extra weight on the regular Stratic is perfectly fine, but sure. but you're getting you're getting an incredibly durable. In hard, it's like the Toyota Tacoma of <laughs> yeah. the the I'm one where it's got it. like six hundred thousand miles on it, and they're yeah, like, yeah, but we can't kill it. We can't do it. No, it, like, you, don't maybe maybe it. you don't gotta you don't gotta you know be precious about it. It's just gonna work, and it's gonna oh. work really well for a long time. That's a great answer. So that kind of probably is your budget answer too, like your higher end budget answer too. Then, no, I I have a my my favorite budget reel is still going to be the Daiwa Fuego, like oh, the Fuego, yes. the regular Fuego LT is an amazing reel for hundred bucks. It blows any president out of the water. Um, I like it better than the Nasky, like for hundred bucks, and especially you can get discounts on them all the time. So you're even like, there's always going to be some 15% off code on a Fuego. So you're going to get it for like, you know, under 90. Yeah. You can't, you're not finding a better reel for like 80 bucks than a Fuego. Like you're just not like, there's so like it. Okay. I'm going to get a, the body material on the Fuego flexes a little. So like when you use, 
when you use like rot reels that don't never flex and then you put a fuego on and you catch a fish you feel the fuego kind of like twisting a little bit yes. you're like oh. but that's just because they use the cheaper graphite on those things to get the price point down but yeah, yeah fuego is a killer and they look good and they you know they got the mag seal like for for 80 bucks they're a no-brainer like I, anybody who buys a present is nuts when you can just go get a fuego i'm gonna go buy a fuego because i have to put it up against the akuma simar which has been a revelation for me at 50 dollars. yeah the simars are, are in minnesota places sell a lot of those darn things <laughs> like it's, every Every tackle shop you go into Minnesota, there's same or those there's those Akuma Samar sitting there. Dude, ice fishing nerds love them, and the walleye guys love them. I'm glad I I found my people because I've been preaching that to me, especially if you're an ultra if you're an, if you're an ultralight fisherman, you you cannot the 500 size Samar is a is a dream for that right. price. I, it's it's such a good value. I have a hard time not recommending it. And again, I mean, we're on the Akuma team, so take it for what it's worth. But like, right. I've used a lot of spinning reels. And I think for $50, like, oh my God, you're getting a lot of value. So I'm going to put the Fuego up against that. And then maybe they have the HD, which I do really like. I'm a, it's pretty nice. I don't think it's worth the money. I'd still just go with the $50 version. Right. Unless, you, unless you're like a big Carolina, like one ounce type of fisherman or a big spinnerbait guy or a saltwater fisherman or something. And you really want like the bigger, beefier one. But like, dude, I, I'm, I'm going to put the Fuego against that. I should do that. I feel like I've only used one twice. Two times I've used one separately. So I have to I have to go get one. Yeah, they're they're nice. I'm guessing they'll probably get a reboot at some point because like basically Dio's rebooted everything down. And I think like now <laughs> they, they rebooted the new Tatula. So they got the new Tatula LT. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, I'm guessing that the next reel to get a facelift is gonna be the Fuego, but I'm gonna guess it's probably won't be till next year. So, so you mentioned the rotor on that one, I think. Was that the one that you mentioned the, the new rotor on? Oh yeah, they just went with the, you know, they they, they gotta make the new Tatula lighter than the ballistic. So one of the, I think one of the ways they did it is they made a, the, the, the rotor on this thing is totally different than the ballistic. But other than that, they're pretty much the same bodies. Sure. They look different, obviously. You get the face Yeah, it's weird. People, people seem to hate this design on the new Tatula. Like I got almost all the people who like messaged me about it where it was all negative. Like, is it like, just oh. because it's black and silver and they don't like plain colors? Well, because the old one was just totally murdered out in flat black. And it looked awesome because yeah. it, looked, it looked like a, it looked like an Xsense. So it was like, yeah, oh, dude. So it was like yeah. a $200 reel that looked like an Exxon's and people loved it. And then they sure. added all the silver bullshit to the new one. And a lot of people <laughs> are like, that sucks. They should have kept it all murdered. It looks out. like a hundred other reels. Yeah. It looks like anything you get at Bass Pro now. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a good, that's a really good. I, so Dial was making the Bass Pro stuff for a long time. Um, the stuff. They were making the Cabela. That was what it was. Cause I yeah. still have one. I still have one. It's the best $80, best $80 I ever spent in my life. I yeah, was like, yeah. this real is, I put $75. Like, this is an insanely good deal. Yeah, Cabela's whitelisted um, Daiwa reels as Cabela reels. And then as, when they got bought out by Bass Pro, all those stuff got disconnected or discontinued. Well, I'm glad I still have mine. It's still one of my, like, I still walk around being like, yeah, I killed that purchase. I had no idea what I was doing. I just bought it. And it was like the best. It's such a good reel. Um, all right, so before we get to the fun stuff, and we'll get out of here because I know we got you for the hour and we're over. Oh, I'm fine. Uh, I will I will ask uh, the same question. So we know what the high-end rod would be. What would be like, okay, I'm going to get a solid rod, but maybe my price point's in like the $150, $200 range, like a, a nice rod at a very competitive price point. There's so many players yeah, there. 
the hundred fifty to two hundred dollar price point is like really a log jam right now. With like, what companies. if you said two twenty five, like a li- somewhere a little bit past that? Um, yeah, not three hundred bucks. I, I can't afford three hundred. I see three hundred. I'm like, god dang, that's a that's if a gut punch. At, if you're looking at any rod with a two in front of the price, mm-hmm. X Pride is king. No one oh. makes it as nice or as good as an X Pride for the in anywhere in the two hundred. I know X Prides are like two seventy five, two eighty. But that little bump up is worth every penny. Like, like X Prides have, are X Prides have like the fit and finish of more expensive rods yeah. in a sub three hundred dollar price point, and they've expanded the line now with the X Pride Bs, and they have even like more selections. You are not gonna find a more like well balanced fit and finish is ridiculous, um, sensitive, really durable because they have the wrap on them um, yeah. that. that I forgot it's like the x the x i don't know it's called x wrap but anyway no it's not x wrap it's the other thing but anyway point is like they're super durable they're really light um tons of different options they look amazing yeah uh, yeah like they are the king in sub 300 like anywhere from 250 to 300 you no one's unseated the x bride it's the best that is a bold statement and that's probably my that's got to be my favorite statement of the day i like that a lot well um, it's, can, it's been king can't for a while unseat the king and the new the new X Prides are even nicer than the old ones. So like the old ones were amazing, and now the new ones they they even made some more like better improvements, especially in the spinning rods. And like they just they've even gotten even like better at the price point. So it's where like, does where does Megabass fall in your estimation? Because I'll be honest, I have like Arc, Megabass, and companies like that where they're like, well, we make baits, but we make rods, but we also maybe we have some reels. I'm like I'm never sure. I'm never sure what to think about a 275 or $350 price point where I'm like, but you maybe don't do that. Or like, I've never thought of you doing that. So I would love to get your opinion because they look really good. I've heard nothing but good things. I'd like to know someone who's a, maybe a, got a, an opinion. Yeah. So Mega Bass is a tricky one. So like the Levantes were 200 bucks. They're really compelling rods yeah. at $200. They raised the price $50. Now they're like, there's a little more competition because you can go to X Brides. Um, Megabass rods are awesome for multi techniques in a one rod. So like Megabass is really good at, Hey, we're making a rod. That's really good for moving single hook baits, or, um, we're going to make a rod. That's really good at rebels. Yeah. So they're like really good at like technique specific stuff. And then, um, the, the Achilles heel with the Megabass world is the warranty, because if you are not the original owner, and you don't have a receipt, and you have a problem, or you break it, you're SOL. So huh. there's ways of getting around this. Some people like the point is like getting a deal on a Mega Bass rod. If you go on the aftermarket, you have to know that if you buy you're a SOL. Rod, yeah. friend, and you break it, you are not going to get any kickback or any anything from the Mega Bass warranty department. They will not care. That's so so interesting. Yeah, they're very very specific about this. But there's shops that will craft you a receipt. <laughs> If you ask no. them, oh. oh yeah, people do this all the time. So like I'll buy a rod or someone, someone will buy a rod on the aftermarket. A rod will be purchased. They'll go to a mega bass authorized mom and pop dealer. Cause there's a lot of them. And you'll say, yeah. Hey, I broke this rod. Do you want to maybe like, if you're friends with the shop or it, this happens a lot, like people don't talk about it. It's like an under the table Bro, thing, but people will actually so get, get forged or like yeah. newly created receipts to, to show. Cause mega bass isn't like, they're not doing like detective work. They just say, okay, you no. bought it. Where's the receipt? Whatever, yeah, they just need a receipt. So a lot of people will um, get creative with their receipts and to get warranty. What? Work. 
Um, but the point is, other other stores or other brands have way better warranties than Mega Bass. So if you're if you're breakage, if you're really rough on your stuff and you think you're going to break things, always consider buying a Mega Bass rod right from a dealer, and then you don't have to worry about any of this. Um, but yeah, so Levante's cool rods, technique specific, two hundred fifty bucks. Then you can step up the Orochis, which I think are yeah. three fifty now. Rochis are awesome, but they are a little long in a tooth. Those Rochis came out, uh, I want to say, four or five years ago. So they're like the probably the older rods in the Mega Bass line now. They're still kind of heavyish, but their fit and finish is amazing. Um, if you're into spinning stuff, the Orochi Whip Snake is one of the like coolest, most versatile finesse Named rods ever. Oh no, you were gonna say something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Orochi Whip Snake is an amazing rod. Like really, really good drop shot, finesse baits, jerk baits. Uh, it's the whip snake is probably like the standout of the mega bass spinning rods. Um, but then you go into the destroyers, which is like their where they really live. Like mega bass, yes. in the destroyer line, and they have so many different types of destroyers. There's Japanese ones, there's American ones, there's you know, so it's like the Levantes are kind of like the, the appetizer. And then you got the main course is the destroyers. <laughs> I was this far away from getting one just to like sate my curiosity. Like I had this just like, I don't know. I, and Arc is the same way. I want to buy a whole Arc setup, maybe get two of them. Uh, because they just, they just came out with, they have two, three, they have three spinning reels now. They have like five to seven. One yeah, they've gone crazy in the real world now. And I've, I talked to Debo about it because I was like, dude, should I do it? He just bought a five. Now I want to go buy one because I just want to know. I'm like very curious. And this is always like when, I, when I'm thinking about like what's going on in industry and like I see some like, okay, Arc is like I think a great example for me because they've been okay. making rods, right? That's their, that's their shtick. But when I see their baits, I think they make better baits than rods. Their baits have the best fit and finish of any bait I've ever probably ever held for the money. I'm like, you grab one. I'm like, dude, this is like. I don't want to fish this. This is gorgeous. And then they're also designed really well. They're like 13 fishing, but they're a sleeper. Like you'd never know. And so you grab some of their stuff and you're like, this is an awesome bait. Well thought out, unique design, but like yeah. fit, finish is so good. And the hooks are like really nice. Like everything about them is great. Even the price point is not bad. And somehow they're jamming into like one of the most expensive packages around. And I'm like, I don't know. This is awesome. But then I see the reel and I'm like, but how? But why? But maybe? Will it be good? I don't know. Vegas is like right in the same exact vein for me. So I'm close, man. I'm close to just dropping money just to learn something. But I'm glad you mentioned warranty. I'm going to have to start thinking about that more often. I've never mentioned a warranty. I don't think ever as like a decision factor uh, when looking at a rod. So I feel like Dude, that's legit. That's such a good call. I'm going to have to be like way more thoughtful about that. Yeah. Well, people learn the hard way in the Mega Bass aftermarket. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. No, it's such a great point, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great point. And I have to say this. Robert Dankowitz? Stankowice? I can't say your last name. He goes, Paul, you're kind of growing on me. Which makes me feel like maybe you didn't like me this whole time. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you until now? That's the question. It's been years, my dude. But I don't know. Maybe he just started uh, hanging out an hour ago. Well, what's interesting about Arc is that um, I, I, when they came out with reels, like their casting reels, I think yes. everybody just figured they were whitelisting doyos or you know one that, of the one of the Korean brands. Yes. And apparently they are not. Like apparently these are their designs. That's when I, I look, when I look at them. Do you can see some things that are kind of unique? Like you look at the front, the front end of the reel. There's not really 
there's not really another shape like that. But like, obviously, that's one part. So sure. I mean, like, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I want to get one. I want to mess well, with not, it. I really would like to see. It's like Luz and Abu Garcia are essentially cake decorators. Well, maybe Luz are cake decorators. All Luz reels are just doyo reels and they just slap Luz, you know, naming name on them. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, so like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how well the ARC stuff is selling. I, I like how many it can't be that good, dude. That it's you know, got how many people are you gonna see out with our they, cast? They also, but they also, it's just gray and black, all gray, all black, which is cool when you have it, is not cool on the website. So, like, go look at Tackle Warehouse, whatever, go look at the reels. They yeah. don't, even the photos, like, I would have gone and paid more money for a better photo to provide tech warehouse personally as if i'm if this is my first foray dude i'm telling you like i like arc i'm not trying to like you know be like oh you guys screwed this up whatever it's tough to get into the real business real tough i mean i think it's harder to get in the real business than the rod business personally i think it's people are very brand tribal super like shimano or die and like you don't get that as much with rods so i feel like it's really tough um i I was kind of soft i was kind of like i was kind of like um I wasn't like super into Shimano casting reels for a while until mm. they kind of got me back with the new Corrado 150s and the new Bantam. Like the, the improvements oh. they made on the Bantam is so good. And then I really like the new Corrado 150s. I'm like, okay, Shimano, you got me back. Like, cause Do I'm not know- a big fan of the Metanium B, like the new Metanium, I'm not a big fan of. Wow. And like, uh, I don't know. All, all the rest. Gonna... Well, go ahead. I'm just going to buy stuff and send it to you and you tell me if it's good. Cause like, I. <laughs> I, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't get a hold of uh, of a reel that expensive and be like, "Nah, ain't for me." I like don't know if I could do it. I, I but again, it's not my world experience. It is yours, so I, dude, I, I love it. I, yeah. oh, man, I love the it. The new bantams are amazing because they made the, all the little my little nitpicky things I don't like about the old bantam. They fixed them all in the new one, um, and uh, yeah, it's just so much fun. You like, it's like you use the bantam and you're like, okay. Like this is worth the money. Like it's that good. Like I've used Bantaniums. I'm like these are not worth the money. <laughs> but you use the Bantam, you're like, okay, there's some like this. This reel's badass. Uh, now I gotta, dude. My list is like getting way too long because like <laughs> there's no way. All right, let's get into slow rolling thunder. I'm saving the rest. I had like 38 other questions. We're not gonna even touch them. We're gonna yeah, save we them for when Jeff is back, and then we'll let Jeff ask the questions, and I will just you know be the peanut gallery like I usually am. All right. Slow Rolling Thunder, everybody, if you know, you know. Uh, question number one, after this question, we're going to do another giveaway. Standard show giveaway. It's probably going to be, It's pr- maybe, you know what? We're going to make it a shirt. I'm just going to send you a code for a shirt, and you can get one of the Burley shirts. I think we need to start doing that. And I, we'll call I'm not going to lie. I really like your guys' Ned Rig shirt, and I've, i got to buy one of those. Do you? I do. We'll talk about it after the show. We can I need a Nedrig shirt because I throw a Nedrig a lot, especially in tournaments. Like for I'm a sure. big Nedrig. I've been a, I've been preaching the Nedrig uh, religion for a while now. Well, then we have the shirt for you. Oh yeah, what are we doing here? Snow. Okay, we do have a couple of. Wait, I can't. Oh, how am I reading this? This is insane. Oh my god! All right, Army Outdoors 88N. The one and the only 24 month, 24 months with a Snorlax crew. He goes, uh, what up, fellas? The Bassmaster Classic. Sounds like it was amazing. He says, I've met so many awesome pros uh, and YouTube folks and got front row seats. Thanks to Dave Mercer, who is a G. Um, 
and an announcer as well. And he said uh, it was the best classic, best classic ever. Tennessee rocked it. The dude was there in force. I saw him everywhere. I've seen Ralph on so many people's pages. It's hilarious. So, Ralph, I'm glad you had, like, it sounds like the time of your life. Uh, Napima, Snorlax crew for 23 months. Homie, what's up? And for our Snorlax crew members, I am working hard on this new shirt that's coming out. So, not everyone's heard about this. I have another shirt coming out. Who's doing the artwork? Is it you? It is. Is that all yours? I'm trying to get better. Well, it's combo. My brother's done some. I've done some. So my brother's really good. He does it professionally. I'm in the learning stages. Uh, but we're we're I'm up and coming. So I have a have you ever oh support you guys and and I'll support your art and I'll buy some stuff. That's what I'm talking (laughs) about. So we have I have a shirt coming out. Have you ever heard of the Lunker Hunt Spider? Oh, of course. One one eye cast. Sure did. So I made a shirt. It's a Lunker Hunt Spider. Uh, you can see the hooks. It's very obviously Lunker Hunt Spider. And then there's a thought bubble, and it says, I'm a frog. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so it's subtle. It's Identify very subtle. I don't think everyone's going to get it, but the people that do get it are going to love it. So I'm, I don't care. I don't care. This is for me. This is for fun. So I'm dropping yeah. that shirt, uh, but it has to be cartoony enough. I don't, want, I don't want it to get sued. So it needs to be cartoony enough so it's not like super obvious what it is, but it's obviously want, my, you know. You don't want those high-powered Lunker Hunt lawyers. <laughs> hey, if... I, I was going to make a joke. I can make it after the show. You're right. Correct. So anyways, I think we'll do a shirt today. I think we need to try that. So I'm going to figure that out. We're just going to do it. Uh, so today is going to be the t-shirt. And it's going to be a shirt of your choice, uh, which I think is great. All right. So here's the question. And how do you enter? Same thing as before. Just chat something. Chat anything. If you're live, just chat something. You can win. Um, okay. We talked about you are a... Uh, I don't want to say shoe snob. That's not fair. A shoe collector of sorts. No, a, I'm a not. Shoe of, are you aficionado? Aficionado. No, I'm just a. I'm a degenerate sneakerhead. I like that. Okay, degenerate sneakerhead. Uh, what one pair of shoes would you like kill to get your hands on? You know, not. I'm not that kind of sneakerhead where I'm like. You don't I'm, have a pair where you're like find one of those. Well, and get no, they're not sweet. like. Oh, these are grails, and I have to have these. Yeah. I'm more of a like. Hey, if something cool comes out and I can grab it. Cool. If not, move on to the next. Because there's always new shoes dropping. All right. Out. What brand? What brand of what colors would like if if they dropped, you'd be like, oh my god, order placed. Um. Well, the one. So I'm I'm a big fan of Jordan ones. That's what that is right there. Yeah. The one Jordan one I don't have in my collection is the um, shadows. So it's just a simple black and gray. It's one of the original colorways. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to have a Jordan One Shadows. Are they, they hard to find? A while ago, and the the prices are like you got it. It's like five, six hundred dollars to get some now. Oh like, God! Oh, what do you got? Oh, you got some mids there. Oh, wait, are those mids or are those the Bloodlines? Charles, you're on mute. We have no idea what we're saying. Charles is flashing a shoe. He's those got the, the Bloodlines. I have okay. I, I recognize. Them. I couldn't tell in the dark, but yeah, bloodlines. Those are cool. See, you're enjoying, everyone's eh? speaking. Everyone's speaking Spanish. I don't know what's going on. This is like when my wife tunes into the show. She has no idea what we're talking about. Um, I like it. I, I have. I'm like a hunt boots, tennis shoes kind of person. Um, unfortunately. All right. You're also you also are a sports nerd. Do you like basketball or football more? Which one do you get like more attached to? Uh, definitely football. But I am a big time like. Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves fan. And I love college basketball, so I watch a lot of that. So no, I would say definitely Vikings. I have but Vikings. like, are you a are you like a Gophers guy? Yeah, when they're terrible, so it's yeah. hard to be a Gophers guy. Have you ever been to the barn? What's that? Have you ever been to the barn to watch a game? Oh yeah. Oh, I've been I to the barn many many times. It's awesome. Barn's it's underrated. Forever underrated. It's crowded. Like you get in there and like everyone's on top. top of each other, yeah. 
I love Spin Your Head. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite mascots, underrated mascot. Goldie. He's so good. Goldie's so athletic. I love how athletic Goldie is. They expect you to be able to do a backflip on command, and you have to be able to spin your head. I love Goldie. He's yeah, awesome. Goldie's, Goldie's a very good mascot. He's so Perfect. underrated. All no, right. I definitely definitely football. I go to a lot of Vikings games, and uh, but yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a big Timberwolves fan too. So this gets me, this gets 49ers. No, so this gets me to my question: Would you rather see the Vikings win a Super Bowl or catch a seven pound small off? Oh, Vikings win a Super Bowl? Kidding me? Hundred oh. percent. I, I, I could never catch this. I could never catch another. Yes, you could. I could never catch another big smallmouth in my life and be happy with one Viking Super Bowl. I love that. I'm so glad I asked that question. I was nervous. I thought question. you were gonna like. Well, see, I thought it was gonna be the other way around. Like you're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> what do you do? You catch a seven pound smallmouth. You take a picture of it. You put it back. Big whoop. You win a Super Bowl. You get to. You get like you, you celebrate that I, your whole life. I love this, dude. No. You're so you're you're secretly a Metro Detroit father. You just don't even know it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like as obs- i'm not obsessed with giant fish like most people are like i just like sure. going off fishing. if i catch fish cool i'm not like oh i gotta get that picture of like a yeah. giant like, yeah. i i'm i'm like i'm 42 i'm at the point where if i just get out and catch a couple i don't care what size they're i'm having fun like i'm not i'm not one of those like size queens <laughs> when i get when i catch a like a pb pushing smallmouth, i get my heart go i like to say the same thing i do but when I get one of those fish that I just know is pushing my PB or has broken a PB, my heart rate skyrockets. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's, I'm it, it's not I amazing. shake. I'm shaking. It's insane. But I would cry if the Vikings won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I wouldn't cry if I caught a seven pounds. This is so great. All right. Last one, and then we're going to do the giveaway. So, last, well, we'll do the giveaway now and we'll talk while it rolls. Chaws, can you tell us who the winner of the aggressively average angler branded shirt is? Wait, what is it? Tech. Oh, Tequin Roberts. I see him right here. Tequin, yeah, it's hard, man. It's really tough to be a to be a Vikings fan. I'm not gonna lie. Not, like I was like, I'm a pocket Vikings fan. I like to say that. Like with all my I'm a pocket all Minnesota sports teams. Cause I lived there for so long. Well, so long, yeah, four or five can, years. I I claim some fan. I have I still wear my twin sweatshirt. It's my standard gym wear all the time. That's yeah. awesome, man. So that's the other thing I, I got in common with you guys. I'm, I like going to the gym too. You guys are you guys are workout dudes. You guys are, we, are you guys like yeah. You guys, I see you guys lifting a lot. We do it all. So Jeff is uh, an ex gym owner. Um, oh, so he's very, oh yeah, big time. And and actually, as his day job, he does a lot of work with gym owners. So um, he's very plugged into the gym. Uh, I also love to work out. We both wrestled. Uh, we both played rugby in college. Um, oh, so yeah. we are both very we're like tied in. And uh, we both still, I like to work out more than like most things in life. It's like part of my mental, like it's acuity. It's really important for me. So I work out sometimes twice a day. I love to work out and I love to lift. So I I work from home all day. I'm in this office working most of the time. And at the night I need to like get out energy. Like I'm, I'm like bouncing off the walls by four o'clock and I'm like, yeah. so I got, I got a YMCA that's like fairly close to my house. And I like shoot over there, lift for 45 minutes. 10, 15 cardio, maybe hit the hot tub, and then I feel way better at the end of the night. You're a different human being. You're not the same. You're molecularly comprised of different atoms after you go to the gym. I'm convinced. Oh, yeah, and if I don't go, if I don't go for a few days, I start getting like really antsy. Like, Just like a, a pool of sadness. I can't, dude. I don't know what it is about it. It just makes me feel great. All right, Tequan Roberts, did you say anything? You're following the instructions on screen. Is he already crushing it? Are we behind? We have limited time. Do we see him? That's a lot of work. 
Oh, so he's, that's all right. He's he's in the triangle then. All right. <laughs> all right. Tequan Roberts, but he never said, he never said, he said first time on live. I'm assuming he's working on it. All right. We got him. Tequan, do your thing. Appreciate you, brother. He is the winner. You're going to win the shirt. We'll handle it. We'll handle, we'll handle the business. Um, all right. Last question. I do have one for you. So you've gone to the gym. You've eaten dinner. You've done the things you need to do before you go to rest your eyes. Okay. Okay. But but you're antsy. You're kind of like I need to rest. I I'm gonna like I'm going to rest somehow. So you go you know downstairs wherever you do your resting, your TV watching, whatever it is, right? And <laughs> and you're and the lights are off. Everyone else is in the house is asleep. And you open up the refrigerator. You open like, up. The, oh yeah, I'm painting, a, I'm painting a picture. You like, open you know up the, you, you open up the refrigerator and you're gonna grab some sort of snack. Ooh, okay. What what snack are you gonna grab? Oh, that's easy. Uh two answers almost i always have hummus in my fridge i'm like i'm a hummus and the little pretzel chips oh yeah i could eat that every day all day do we have the pine nuts flavors. are we doing lemon okay so it doesn't matter it's just like all hum- hummus, hummus yeah you get regular hummus you get bored it's like sometimes i get the jalapeno and we get the spicy sometimes <laughs> the honey like i'm just always some kind of hummus like i love that that's like one of my all right. snacks Perfect. what about you uh dude i'm like a i'm not a creature of habit i'm like uh first of all i either there's two categories it's a it's a dry food or it's a cold food and like i'm feeling one of those routes if it's a dry food i'll be like "Mm, dry cereal maybe some some granola yeah i know it's weird but it's like i can snack on it like for a long time and it's not like a bunch of food but I'm i'm getting like some enjoyment out of it um have you ever had flavored checks yeah of course yeah Kind of a big fan. Horrible for you, but like you know, again, that's what well, that would be like something that's in I, that vein. I have I've expunged dry cereal from my diet for about eight years now. I don't touch oh, it. I don't eat God. it. No dry like no kids cereal, no dry cereal, no cereal. Like I'm 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 cereal's out of like out of my life. The only reason it's back is because I have young kids. I know my my son crunches like my son blows through cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> and 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 Captain Crunch. I but I. <laughs> Hey, if I didn't have young kids, there wouldn't be a box of cereal in the house. That's a fact. The other one, though, when I go cold, dude, it's like a, it doesn't matter. Like it could be lunch meat. It's going to be like a, like a block of cheese. It could just be like a lot of milk. I, dude, I don't even know. Like there's no. Yeah, a lot of times I eat the cheese so fast. You know, the wrapper that separates the slices. I'm okay. notorious for just eating the slices of wrapper because I'm just like, I don't I'm an animal. I'll just be like, I'm going to eat everything here. I've made sandwiches, entire sandwiches with like four of those like separator papers. And I'd just be like, well, I've already eaten half of this in two bites. I'm just going to go ahead and finish it. Whatever. Like, it's so bad. Um, God, I love it. All right. Questions. Though. This is good. Oh, and popcorn. I'm a popcorn addict. If my wife makes it. 25 out of 10 popcorns like that's that's top tier uh snack food 100 i can i can endlessly eat popcorn like it just doesn't stop i think i mean it's that's kind of what it is though right like 100 percent. all right uh brian thank you so much for being here where if people were like this punch fishing guy knows a hell of a lot about spinning gear and i'd be interested to follow him and maybe uh, learn more from him where would you advise people to go look for you um, yeah, so I'll, a couple plugs. Number one, I'm always I'm I'm re- I'm pretty active on Instagram. That's kind of where I post most stuff, especially during the fishing season. Like I don't do a lot of on the water content on YouTube, but I post on the water all the time when I'm on uh, on Instagram. So at Punch Fishing Instagram, um, and then yeah, mostly there. Oh, 
I have a big Facebook group. Um, I, I want to plug this. If you guys go on Facebook and you search for something called Bass Fishing Deal Hunters, are you in this group? Dude, I want to be now. You're not in this group. I thought I thought all the YouTubers are in this group. I didn't even know this was in a browser Dude, right I, now. I don't actually have Facebook, so I have to go get Jeff to go get in it. Okay. So anyway, go on YouTube, search for It's a group called Bass Fishing Deal Hunters, and it's a whole group. I started it with like 20 people, and now we have like 1,800. All it is is anytime there's some online clearance, sale, codes, anytime there's an Bro. online deal for bass fishing, the community, we all post it and talk about it. So like, shut up. Yeah, so if you want to save money and you want to be a degenerate um, tackle junkie and you want to save a few bucks, join our group. It's invite only. Just send an invite. We'll prove it. Um, it's not an open group. It's like private, but yeah. it's called Bass Fishing Deal Hunters. Dude. Look us up on Facebook. Um, at Punch Fishing on Instagram. And uh, oh, yeah, and I got an Omnia code I'll drop if anyone wants to box them. Oh, you're the man. Nice. That's the best. All right, yeah, please. Uh... Use the Omnia link. As you all know, uh, we got Debo over there, Tackle Warehouse. Um, you know, it's a good way to support somebody and then, you know, move business in the right direction. So please consider doing that. Go check out Punch Fishing. I will, if you're listening to this as a podcast, I will post this in the link below. Uh, and you guys will be able to find him quite easily by just clicking a button if you're listening to this on your phone. So, um, dude, thank you so much for being here. This was a ton of fun. We will have to have you back with Jeff next time. And I will make up more fun questions for us. I just had about nine people try to join the group. <laughs> that dude, that's the best. That's dude. So we had, yeah. I have to mention this before we go. Uh, I don't know if it's still on there. I need to go look. We got a code for fishing line from soft steel. Cause they're getting rid of soft steel, which kind of sucks because they're oh, green. Bra- they're okay. gr- dude. Their green braid is like legit. It's super good. And it's all like all the basic sizes. There's nothing like super great about it, but like it casts well, it's durable. It holds its color better actually than, a vast majority of other braids they had 70 percent off at the time again i don't know if it's there it still could be 70 percent off you could get a 1600 yard spool for like 20 some dollars it was insanity i still think it's that you will never get a better deal on braided line in your lifetime it's free so i will post that if we get in there and it's still up so here's my suggestion if you find a good deal buy the things you want Get oh, your orders good call, and dude, that's it's such a good call. Because as soon as you post to the group, you have 1,800 people that are going to go in and file all the stock. Yeah, so. That's great. So always, good. Always make sure you take care of yourself before you post in the group. So many goddamn good tips. This is awesome. All right. I'm going to go ahead and take us out. Brian, thank you so much. This was a ton of fun chat. Thank you all. We broke 125. We're going to have to raise it to 150 because it keeps happening. And I think that's awesome. I owe somebody a box full of tackle and I told you a fish lab hat coming your way. And someone's getting a t-shirt. Uh, Tequin Roberts, my my dog, is going to get an aggressively average branded t-shirt. Thank you guys so much for checking out the show. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. Next members only, August 11th. Join if you haven't joined. It's a ton of fun. Not August. April 11th. I don't know why I said August. April 11th. Coming in hot. Uh, think but everyone, coming. yeah, sometime. Everyone have a great night. And uh, Charles, would you please do us a huge favor and take us out? <laughs>